Praise the Lord. This is Brother Julius Adewomi. Uh, we have been going through the book of First Corinthians and we are now in chapter 16. And I believe the Lord will bless your heart as you, as you listen and learn from this teaching. And uh, we are now in chapter 16. The Lord said, the Bible said, my people perish for lack of knowledge. So the teaching of the Word of God is to build knowledge of the Word so that you know how to exercise your faith and how to walk with the Lord. As I read, I will post some Bible verses and give some exposition or some expo explanation and also my refer to other parts of the scriptures to, to, complete, to complete the discussion. Chapter 16 of 1 Corinthians, this is an epistle of Apostle Paul to, to the Corinthians. Now concerning the collection for the saints, this time he's going to talk about the offering, gifts, and so on, which the body of Christ has already been doing in that generation. And he was the one that inst instructed the, the, the first churches to gather some collection for the saints of God. In this, in this particular one, it's not just the offering for, for their own congregation, for the use of the local church. It was the actually instituted like a, a fund me kind of a organization where they are going to send the donations to the believers in Jerusalem to help them. That was this co collection for the sins he was talking about. And let's read on. So now concerning the collection for the sins, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store, as God has prospered him, that there be no gatherings when I come. Now this Bible verse is another point that makes us to see that the believers in the first church age, the Corinthians, the Gentiles, they were meeting church service on the first day of the week. Because I know in this generation and Somalia years before this time, this denomination come up and say they are the Seventh-day Adventists that were beginning to propose that believers should be should be observing the Sabbath day of the Jews, which was the sixth day, Saturday. And that became like a doctrine, in, and they still have Seventh-day Adventism. All of those Apostle Paul, so in his letters, has already disproved by saying some people observe one day above the other, and others observe every day alike, but that's not the most important thing about the scriptures. But in their generation, they were all meeting and having gathering of these believers, local churches, in, on the first day of the week, which was Sunday, because they were, they, were, they were commemorating the day that the Lord Jesus Christ resurrected from the dead. And that was what all the apostles and the disciples were gathering on the first day of the week for. That's why here is an example where it was recorded that it was on the first day of the week that they gather together. That's what verse 2 says. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as God has prospered him, that there be no gathering when I come. Verse 3, And when I come, whomsoever ye shall approve by your letters, then will I send to bring your liberality unto Jerusalem. So you now see we are, they are gathering only to send it to Jerusalem. They don't do that every time, but that was a special need. If you go back to the book of Acts of the Apostles, you will notice that there was a time in the actual apostasy where a prophet Agabus came and 
prophesied and signified that it will be a great jail to all over the world. And the Bible says it happened in the time of the Emperor Claudius, Claudius, Claudius Caesar. Now, when they had that prophecy, the believers in Antioch, where it was prophesied, they proposed that I think we need to send offering to the brethren in Jerusalem. Why brethren in Jerusalem? Because they knew that before that time, all the brethren in Jerusalem, when this church started, they started all this uh, because of the excitement, because of the zeal for the Lord. And the Lord is coming soon. Many of them started selling all their properties. They sold their lands, they sold their houses. I believe it was a zeal that or God allowed it because God allowed that zeal, but that really didn't happen the way they were thinking it's going to happen. People are assuming that the Lord is coming soon and people will begin to become well, heaven bound and they sell every, every property and just waiting for the Lord to come. That was how they all started. But after they have all sold, your, if you sell your assets, you have practically nothing more to sell that unless you are doing other business, just buying and selling, buying and selling. But the big things that you can actually rely on if there is a real serious trouble will be if you have land. Remember in the days of Egypt, when Joseph gathered all the food and there was famine in the land, people begin to buy from Joseph. But they have to give something to buy food. Remember, they have to give something to buy food. After they were giving money and there was no more money, they came to Joseph in Egypt and Joseph said, well, you have cattle, bring your cattle. And so they started bringing cattle until they run out of cattle. And they cry unto Joseph, we don't have cattle. He said, all we have left is our lands and our body. I mean, which means they, were, they have used everything they have, have been used for buy food. That could be serious deal in any time when that, that kind of thing happens. If you have money, you keep buying it, but you have no more money because they, they are losing, losing their jobs in those days. And Joseph in Egypt have to say, okay, he bought all their lands, only those who have lands, not so. So if you have no land, there's nothing you can use to, 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 to buy food then. You've bought, you've bought food for money, money has failed, they call it money failed. And then they use their cattle, goats, horses, donkeys, car, ranch of gold, cows that they have for doing farming. They have to sell those to buy food. And when that was failed, that's no more. Then they said, we have nothing else other than our lands and our body. We want to become slaves just to get food because slaves have nothing except that whoever bought them will be feeding them while they work for the person. So Joseph bought all of the Egypt for Pharaoh. He bought all Egypt for Pharaoh. He bought all their land, that's what I mean. So they all sold their land, but suppose somebody have no land. And then he is dead. He has to be just sell himself now as a slave. So what Joseph did was that he bought their land. So what the, the believers were saying that if the, when the death came in the days of the first act of the apostles, he said, well, all these men have sold their life. They have anything to rely on. They have sold it. And they even just they didn't sell it and keep the money. They sold it and distributed the money to everybody else. So everybody had been feeding on it until practically they have nothing left. No, sir. And we don't know how many years that happened before they were actually scattered from Jerusalem and the apostles are left. But even the, the apostles were not doing any other work. Peter was no more going back to fishing. So they just realized that they are, they, if this death occurred, there will be a lot of uh, shortages for the believers in 
and the brethren and the, uh, and the apostles in Jerusalem. So that's why they are gathering offerings from all the Gentile churches to send to the apostles who are basically based in Jerusalem, but they have no job. You know, they are not doing another job and just preaching the gospel. You remember that? Those are the apostles. And most of the other that are supporting, that are believers among them, that may have job, but many of them have sold their houses so that if the job fails, they have nothing left to fall back on. They have sold their lands and distributed the money to everybody. So that was the reason why that venture of selling your properties and giving it away did not work because they were expecting a lot to come in their time. But they didn't, that was not the right calculation because God didn't tell them exactly what is when it's going to come. So that was why they were gathering money because of the day that they said was coming. And they were sending money to the brethren in Jerusalem. And so Apostle Paul was referring to this in his letter to the Corinthians that said, When I come, the money that you have gathered, I've got to you're going to send it to Jerusalem, and we send somebody that you guys decided to send. And if I have to go with them, I'll go with them. Verse 4 said, first Corinthians chapter 16, verse 4. And if it be meet that I go also, they shall go with me. Now verse 5. Now I will come unto you when I shall pass through Macedonia. For I do pass through Macedonia. And it may be that I will abide ye and winter with you, that ye may bring me on my journey whithersoever I go. Now, they always say they winter somewhere. In those days, you have to remember, there's no airplane. When they travel, they travel for months in, on, the sh on the boats, on the ship. And then when there's winter, even the boats cannot move freely on the, on the ocean because the ocean freezes. Most of the time, when they are not on the ocean, they are in Mediterranean Sea. So, most of the time, because of winter, there will be snow everywhere and many people just hide on it. So, that's why he was saying, if he, if he comes around that time, he may have to just stay with them and hibernation could be for two months, three months, not going anywhere. Where they can only be inside the houses and they couldn't travel. So, that's why that's what they call winter. And they want to go and winter in a place where there is already storage of food and because there will be too much, not, not enough uh, moving around. So that's what it means that he will winter with you, he will stay there for more than just a visit of one week. In winter will be November, December, January, most of the time. It started around November ending. December, January, February will be a time of snow in most of those cold countries. So that will be the time they all winter. They go to a place and get there before the winter starts because after the snow is on the ground, Many cars can run, many vehicles can run, mostly they don't have vehicles, but they have donkeys, they have all those things and the sheep. So that's where they all go to winter and get there before the winter starts, where the traveling is almost stopped. Verse 7 says, For I will not see you now by the way. That is, it was not just passing by in uh, three days, three, four weeks, one week, it's going to be there for, long, for a longer time if you come there to winter. But I trust to tarry a while with you, if the Lord permits. But I will tarry at Ephesus until Pentecost. So he was more telling them it's an itinerary. That you go to Ephesus until Pentecost, then he will be coming towards them, which we plan that maybe we just get to them before end of November. And our own time I will call November, which is before the end of the before the beginning of winter. Verse 9. For a great door and effectual is open unto me, and there are many adversaries. Now he's talking about a great door for the ministry. And remember in Ephesus, he has a lot of um, big miracles, signs and wonders happen in Ephesus. But it starts like he said, a great door. 
Exhibit. You have a lot of adversaries. You have to also remember it was in Ephesus that these uh, silversmiths and goldsmiths rose up against Apostle Paul. That those are the adversaries he will be referencing in that in this uh, letter, and that was in Ephesus in Acts of the Apostles chapter sixteen, we believe. Number ten. Now, if Timotheus come, see that he may be with you without fear, for he walked the work of the Lord as I also do. More or less, Timothy goes about and is also going about. Sometimes they meet. He most likely will send Timothy somewhere because Timothy was like a pastor. I have an apostle. Paul was like evangelist. So wherever he starts a new church, Timothy will be the one that will stay there for a while while apostle Paul moved to another place. That was why he was telling Timothy you may have to may come to their place also from another location and he said, see that he stay with you without fear. Because Timothy was a younger man and Apostle Paul was more like recommending me ahead of time. But still, said, let no man therefore despise him, but conduct him forth in peace, that he may come unto me, for I look for him with the brethren. Now, Timothy was a more younger man that goes about when the Apostle Paul sent him on the land, but, we all, but he, for, because it was not part of the people that started the Corinthian church, maybe joined Apostle Paul later, he was trying to make them know that Timothy also is doing the work of the Lord, just like he is doing the work of the Lord. And he sent Timothy on another many times. But so, as touching our brother Apollos, I greatly desire him to come unto you with the brethren, but his will was not at all to come at this time, but he will come when he shall have convenient time. Now, Apollos was the one that got to Corinth way after Apostle Paul has left Corinth. And because Apollo was an orator and he has the new scriptures, by presenting the word of God in his own style, many people begin to say, I am for Apollos, I am for Paul. That was how First Corinthians chapter 1 was started. And when Apostle Paul was addressing these people are getting divided. And now Apollos has moved on to other places and maybe at this time he was with Apostle Paul, where Apostle Paul was writing this letter from. And when this news came to them that people have been divided because of all this personality thing that people are following personality oh i like how apostle how apostle how apollos was presenting i like apollos and that became personality and so people say wait wait apostle paul is the one that finally our church i like apostle paul so it become division among the believers and the other people wanted to be neutral they say no peter peter was the head of the church i like i am for peter that becomes the third group and why the other group say, well, you guys are all making say we are all for Jesus, I'm for Jesus. So that's become another group. And the whole idea came, I mean, the whole problem came to the knowledge of Apostle Paul that the people in the current are becoming antagonistic of one another, uh, becoming divisive, divisive. And Apostle Paul wrote this first Corinthian letter to address that question that who, who, who did Apostle Paul die for you? It's Christ that died for all of us. And Apostle Paul, Apollos, we are all one. We are all serving the Lord. Everybody is building on the thing that is founded. So he corrected that in first Corinthians chapter one. Now he says he's, he's wishing that Apollo will go back to that place and 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 present this thing and tell them not to be divisive. But Apollos was kind of, maybe he said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't like to go right now. So that's why he said, I greatly desire him to come unto you with the brethren, but his will was not at all to come at this time. I mean, he felt like, did I cause this trouble? <laughs> did I cause this trouble? So if somebody that that looked like the, this, is the smell coming from you kind of thing, 
he feel like ashamed not to want to even go there. That's really what why Apollos would have said, I don't think I want to go to there right now. Because in our own generation we say, are you the one that is the smell is coming from you? <laughs> What's causing this thing in our calling? So that's why Apollos perhaps will be wise to say, I don't, I don't want to go there right now. I didn't go there to do that. I just preach the word of God. Maybe some people begin to like my style, my flamboyant, or the way I presented it. So it made them to be getting something in their head, which is not from the Spirit of God. Verse 13, Wash ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, be strong, let all your things be done with charity. Now it's not exhorting them. I beseech you, brethren, you know the house of Stephanas, that it is the first fruits of Achaia, and that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints, that ye submit yourselves unto such, Submit yourself unto such and to everyone that helpeth with us and laboreth. Now he was addressed, he was uh, recommending the this, the family of Stephanus because they were the one brother that brought the news to to him. They visited Apostle Paul from from Corinth, and he said they were the first people that were converted to Corinth. So they would be like the elders in the church, but they saw this thing going on in their midst. And they, when they went to Apostle Paul, they reported all these situations. And Apostle Paul wrote this letter, sending it through them, back to them, back to the church in Corinth. And then was also recommending that they should honor this family. Say, I basically, you, brethren, you know the house of Stephanas, that it is the first fruits of Achaia, that they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. They also minister to the believers, all the saints of God that pass by. He said, that you submit yourselves unto such. And to everyone that helped with us and liberate. And because you see in verse 17 that it was Stephanus that brought this news, all this information to Apostle Paul in verse 17. He said, I am glad of the coming of Stephanus. The same Stephanus he just mentioned in verse 15, the house of Stephanus. And Fortunatus and Achaicus, for that which was lacking on your part, they have supplied this. For they have refreshed my spirit and yours. Therefore, Acknowledge ye them that are such. He says, he's recommending them. He's one by saying, thank, I thank God for Brado and Brado that brought the gifts, that brought your info, that brought, that came from you and gave me gifts and so on. So, so it's more recommending them that, hey, thank them for me, so to speak, what we are going to say. Now, first, I say, the churches of Asia salute you. Aquila and Priscilla salute you much in the Lord with the church that is in their house. Now, Aquila and Priscilla, were the couple, the were a couple of one and wife, that met Apostle Paul, I think in uh, Ephesus, something like that. That was where they met and they were of the same trade. Apostle Paul was a tent maker and they were also doing tent making. So they joined together and make some tents and Apostle Paul used that for his ministry of evangelism. And when Apostle Paul moved on, they also moved on. They also visited Corinth and so on and so forth. And they were part of, and they, because of their being a couple, they, and wherever they are, they always have some groups of people they also witness to and the fellowship in their house. So that's why he said the church in their house. They always have a group that fellowship with them. If there's a group in the city, then they also have a local group within their own house that live in the, in the man and his wife and some of his relatives, or perhaps people they, that are nearby that they witness to. But they are not evangelists going about like Apostle Paul. They just have a fellowship in their house wherever they are living. If they move to another city, 
they will have some friends that will say they will listen to them about Christ and then they will come to be doing Bible study in the house. So that's why they just a church in your house. All the brethren greet you. Greet ye one another with an holy kiss. And that's this final Israel. This letter. The salutation of me, Paul, with my own hand. Verse 22. If any man love not the Lord Jesus, let him be anathema. Maranatha. Maranatha is interpreted to mean the Lord coming soon. Anathema is interpreted to mean let him be a cause. If you don't love the Lord Jesus Christ, if any man love not the Lord Jesus Christ, let him be a cause. It's what anathema means. It's a, it's, a, it's a stain. Anathema is like, they call it anathema is like a stain. Because the Lord is coming soon, or it should be regret for him because the Lord is coming soon. Verse 23. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. My love be with you all in Christ Jesus. That's how he wrapped up this letter of 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Now I'm going to go and read some of the other Bible verses that we have read before to, to summarize, to add to this last chapter from verse 20. This is talking about resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man also came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Now, this is that point. All will be made alive in Christ Jesus. When you say all die, you say all human beings. Does that mean every human being will be made alive in Christ Jesus? You have to remember, Christ has said, anyone that believes in him, he will pass from death unto life, and that's those who believe in him. And he's going to raise them up at the last day. That's the first fruits. That's the, the church. That's, the, that's called the false resurrection. When he will raise up the dead in Christ. But at the end of it all, God is still going to raise even all these wicked sinners. Everyone will be raised back to life and to stand before God. You see that in the book of Revelation chapter 20. All the dead will be raised up at the end of all, all things to stand before God. Many, many religious believe that also. Only, only that those other religions don't know that only through Jesus Christ they can be saved. They thought God is going to just weigh their sins. But the Bible said in the book of Revelation, chapter 20, that there's a book of life of the Lamb. Only those people who have their names in the book of life will be saved. The rest will be thrown into the lake of fire, almost like purging the heart of all things that are not wanted. The lake of fire is like an incinerator. In some of the old small towns, they will have an incinerator where people take all their trash, take it to the incinerator, and they say, and that is all the trash are burnt in fire and turned to ashes. That was done in, the, in many countries in the old days. I don't know how they do it right now in the, in, in, the new, in the new world. Many of the people are just taking their trashes and the city take them and put them in the and landfill. They have landfills some places where they just dump the trash and bury it to become soil. But in in many countries they still have incinerator where they have a like a furnace where they burn the trash to ashes. Now that is what the lake of fire symbolizes or represents. The lake of fire is already created by God. Is any of those planets or stars that are just burning can be can be a lake of fire? God is going to pull all those souls and this and flesh because they are going to have a new body. And they are going to be thrown into the lake of fire in, that are not saved. That's what the Bible says in the book of Revelation chapter 20. That's why I'm, I'm pointing it out. That it is not by your good works weighing your sins that is going to save anybody at that day. The Bible says only those that have their names in the book of life of the Lamb will be saved. 
The rest that have not their names in the book of life, they will judge by the other books that talks about their this just to condemn to condemn them. Because when you go to court, they have to read what you have done before you before the sentence to prison also. The same way God is not unjust. Say they wanted to be weighed, they say, Where are your sins? And they are guilt, their amount is done, they are now their amount is stopped, and then they send them to the lake of fire. See? But those who have their names in the book of life of the Lamb of God, they are just they are they are saved. So that's exactly what the Bible says in the book of Revelation chapter 20. Go and read the book of Revelation chapter 20. Now let's look again at uh, let's continue in that Bible verse because it's telling us some deeper things here. That as in Adam all die, even in, so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, that is, when God is resurrecting them, it's going to be in order. See, every man in his own order. There will be the first fruits. Christ, the first fruits. That's the first order of resurrection. See, it has already started. Christ is the first one that resurrected from the dead, never to die again. It's what I'm talking about. Not just calling the dead back to life that we can do now, that Christ did for Lazarus and for the little baby and for the young man that was being carried to the grave. That was called raising the dead. That is not the resurrection. The resurrection is when people will be resurrected like logically resurrected never to die again. That's what we are that's different from raising the dead. If somebody died suddenly three days later he was raised back to life, he could he will die again many years later. He's still using the old body, the body that is mortal, the body that we have right now is mortal. That is what we call what we are called mortal men. Because we have lost a glory that will keep us immortal. Because Adam lost something. That make human beings to be going through the grave. But God has promised that he's going to bring human beings back to that immortality. Many have been dead. God is going to raise them up and give them an immortal body. Even those that are dead in sin, that are going to be given immortal body to be thrown to the lake of fire, they will never die in that lake of fire. That's what the Bible says, it's eternal fire. But those who are Christians who are saved, who have their name in the book of life, when they are resurrected, they will have a body that will live forever. It's a, it's a, it's a immortal body. That is what Christ has right now. Christ has the immortal body. That's why he is the first to resurrect into that body. And then he rose up some dead saints also. And they also are part of the first fruits. Because the Bible says when Christ resurrected, some dead saints in Jerusalem resurrected with him. Brought them back. And they went up. So you can say the, on, in the book of Revelation chapter 4 and 5, where they said the 24 elders. They were elders, mean they were human beings, sitting around the throne, depicting that they are already part of those people that went up with Christ when he was resurrected. And those elders, they are already given their body that they will, not, they will not die anymore. And that is really the beginning of the resurrection. The process has started, men, brethren, Resurrection that we are talking about, he said there will be it is in order. The first fruits, Christ and those people that he brought back from the from the dead, the first 24 elders at least, if, if they are just 24, we don't know how many of them. But the Bible says some dead saints, you can read that in the book of Matthew. When Christ resurrected, he said some dead saints came up and they didn't go back to the grave. They went up with him into the cloud. That, that's the cloud of, of witnesses that took him up, that he went with them when he was ascending to heaven. See, a cloud received him. Now, that shows in the verse 23 of 1st Corinthians chapter 15, verse 23, that the resurrection has already started. The first fruits of the resurrection is Christ is the first fruit. 
Afterward, they that are Christ at his coming, that is, then comes the false resurrection again. The first fruits is done. The first resurrection is when the dead in Christ will be resurrected in the book of Revelation, chapter 20. And verse 24 says, Then come at the end, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death, that's the physical death, being destroyed forever. That is the plan of God and it's good for you to remember that. Memo, mem, mem, mem. Think about these things. What we are saying about is that after the first, after the first resurrection, when the dead in Christ are resurrected, there will be a 1,000 year interlude where the first, the, the church, the body of Christ will rule on this earth for 1,000 years. Those that are resurrected with Christ or that are resurrected in the first resurrection, they will live because God said that they are worried they will live and reign with Christ for 1,000 years on this earth. It's like giving them, many of them were killed for Christ. God give them 1,000 years to just enjoy, to just live on earth, ruling the world. Then that will then come the end when you say God I will Christ will have delivered the kingdom to the Father. And then there will be no more death at the after the judgment of the great white throne that you see in chapter 20 of the book of Revelation. That is what the Apostle Paul has said, and it's good for us to meditate on this, and the Lord bless you all because this is just to summarize everything that Apostle Paul said in First Corinthians that we have learned. God bless you. Amen. This is Gospel Distribution Ministry. On the internet, it's www.gospeldistribution.org. Turn us again next week. God bless you.